0: You're listening to the Homeschooling Families podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss one of the areas that the Lord has worked in my life about more than any others. He's shown me the value of prayer and the priority that needs to be placed on it. And today, I want to share some of what He's taught me and how the way I've prayed for my children through the years will impact the way you parent, the decisions you make, your state of mind, and more. I cannot wait to dive into this practical and incredibly helpful topic with you. Before we do though, I wanted to make sure you knew that our TTD live events are going strong and we have several in the works for you this fall. We'll be hosting a one day event in just under a month in San Diego, California on October 22nd. Then on Saturday, November 5th, we'll be in Washington DC at the Museum of the Bible. We, along with our partners at Trail Life USA, are excited for you to join us there. These one day events are an incredible way for you to experience the teaching and encouragement that Teach Them Diligently has to offer in a smaller package. So grab your friends and make your plans to join us there. You can learn more about all of our events and secure your tickets by going to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. The Teach Them Diligently podcast is made possible in large part through the help of our partners. So when we mention them on the show, we hope you'll check out what they have to offer and let them know how grateful you are for their support. The organizations that we work with are like-minded and passionate in their mission to better equip families to serve the Lord well. Today's podcast is sponsored by AOP. Homeschooling empowers parents to give their children an individualized education like no other educational setup can provide. With AOP, you can teach your children in the way they learn best while keeping homeschooling fun and full of excitement as you discover new things each day. Choose from multiple curriculum options to fit your child's strengths, learning styles, and needs. Go to aop.com and see what they have to offer. Again, go to aop.com to learn more today. All right. So I was very, very excited to, to really discuss this issue of prayer with you. This is something that several years ago i really started diving in and studying this the lord just really prompted my heart that this was an issue that we just don't pay enough attention to and some of the stuff that i learned you know while i was reading everything i could find and just really really diving in um just really got to my heart and kind of stopped me in my tracks. Um, I read, we we all know about George Mueller and his um, incredible faith and prayer life. And George Mueller, when he died, he had documented more than 50,000 specific answers to prayer. I'm just going to let that, that ring in your ears for a minute, 50,000 specific answers to prayer. And yet, when I read that, the Lord just prompted my heart to say, how many of you documented? What are you really looking for? Are you just relegating prayer to kind of a checklist, a, a, a sheet of things that I'm asking for, rather than making it the dialogue and the the life-changing interaction with my Lord and Savior that God intended it to be. So that really prompted me to learn a lot more, dive in a lot more. And so I want to share with you a little bit about what i have learned and then i want to spend some time at the very end talking to you specifically about the way that i have prayed for my children through the years and what that actually has done for our parenting efforts how it's influenced it you know what what we have done differently because of it and then how the way that we have prayed has given us as we look back in our rearview mirror such a clear picture of how God was leading all along the way. That's one of the things that I'm very sad to say I didn't actually recognize while the kids were young. I didn't see how amazingly God was leading our family in direct answer to the prayers that we were praying, and yet he was so faithfully doing just that. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. One of the um, you know I, I told you already about George Mueller and his incredible prayer life. If you've not read his autobiography and and uh, excerpts from his prayer journal and stuff like that, I highly encourage you to do it. It will truly change your life as you you get an idea of truly what truly walking by faith looks like um you know amazing stories these were these were stories that we were able to share with our children we were able to help them understand how god answers prayer by by sharing these amazing tales from From men and women of faith from years gone by, that's really a a great reason to dive into some of these biographies with your kids. If you've not taken advantage of the YWAM books or um, a lot of the audio dramas that actually cover, I think it's called Your Story Hour. We used to listen to a lot of Your Story Hour that would cover the lives of these men and women of faith or throughout history. And we learned so much through them. So I highly recommend those. but another person who is who is noted as saying a lot about prayer and i've read a lot about through the years is martin luther and martin luther said to be a christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing and when i read that god really got my attention because i had to face the fact that i could not say that my prayer life was so important to my spiritual walk that cutting it off would be like removing oxygen from my body. Um, and that that honestly made me take this a lot more seriously. It made me dive in and look a lot more. So I want to talk very briefly before we dive into the practical parenting side of this on what does God's word say about prayer and how what can we learn from that? Now, prayer is not a topic that in a, 30-minute podcast or a, you know, two-day workshop, we're going to be able to, to exhaust. So I am going to just barely skim the surface on what God's Word says about it. But what we're going to see here in the next couple of minutes from God's Word is truly awesome of what God's Word says. And it needs to It needs to resonate with us. We need to stand in awe about this whole opportunity that God has given us to approach his throne, to speak to him directly. This is amazing. So the first thing that I want to to bring up to you is that prayer is an option for all believers. The Bible says in Psalm 145, 18 through 20, that the Lord is near to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. You know, prayer is giving us the opportunity to come before the creator God, the king of the universe, the one before whom every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. When you think about that, I would imagine that for probably almost all of you, you can't even get access to the mayor of your city that easily. But we can talk to the creator God because of Jesus making a way for that to happen. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. It is an option for all believers. And yet how frequently all believers just leave it laying there. We don't take it seriously. We don't participate. We fall asleep. We do all of these things that that is not prioritizing this unbelievable gift that we've been given to approach the throne of the king. John Newton wrote lyrics that we have sung at our church several times and I just love them. But one of the lyrics is, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with you bring for his grace and power are such that none can ever ask too much. There is nothing, there is nothing, my friends, that you can ask for, that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is not able to answer. He may not answer the way that your heart really truly wants him to, but you know, because Romans tells us that he will take that, even if it's a no, and work it together for your good and for his glory, because he is good like that. So the fact that there is nothing too big there is no relationship that is too broken there is no situation too dire there is no health issue too too far gone there is nothing outside of the power of the king to to actually accomplish his will in. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of that amazing gift that's offered to you to come boldly before the throne of the king of kings because that is an option to all who call on him in truth. Galatians four tells us that prayer allows us to get to know God better. It says in verse six, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Um, Not only are we able to come before the King of Kings, but we can call him Father. But here's the thing, as we draw nearer to him, as we talk to him more, as we interact with him and engage with him more through his word, which we're gonna look at later and praying his word um, and actually turning our hearts towards him, we get to know him so, so much better. You can't come to someone crying, Abba, Father, this tight, close relationship that Galatians, Paul and Galatians is telling us about there. If you don't know him, you don't talk intimately to someone that you have no relationship with. And so it is vitally important that as believers, we are drawing near to him every single day, that we are spending time in his presence, that we are allowing his word to let us know more of his his heart for us and for our families and for the world at large so that we can get on mission and do what he's called us to do, empowered by our time that we spend with him. So prayer allows us to get to know him better. Um, One of the things that I love to do is pray back to God, his attributes, adore him for who he is. And as I am calling out, Lord, you are almighty, unchangeable. You are all powerful, all knowing all of these things. Your grace is amazing. So many things that you can just cry out to God, extolling him for who he is. You get to know him better. Your heart learns to trust him more as you adore him in that way. And prayer brings us into his presence and gives us a face-to-face recognition of who God is. The third thing that I want us to see in God's word is that prayer gives opportunity for God to be glorified. John 14, 13 is a verse that so often we clip, we use this verse all the time, but I found with my kids, especially that I kind of stopped it there. And, and so the Bible says in John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, or that will I do. And I remember so many times encouraging the kids, let's talk to God about it. God tells us that whatever we ask in his name, he will do. He is faithful to answer our prayers and and just really encouraging them to pray to God and to take their cares to him. But the rest of that verse is so important. And I didn't actually lean into it when they were young. It says, so that the father may be glorified in the son. We pray God answers so that he can get the glory. And so I wondered, does that show up anywhere else? And as I looked through God's word, I saw over and over and over and over again where we pray so that God, and God answers so that God can get the glory. Prayer gives opportunity for God to be glorified. And one of the things that, Uh, is is troubling is that so often we are when we don't take our request to god when we try to do things in our own power when we think that we have control or we think that what we're asking is too big or too small to entrust to god we are not allowing him to get the glory because we're not connecting his work which he's doing whether we're talking to him about it or not he is ultimately the one who is doing it answering those things anyway but we are not giving him glory for it because we never actually took it to him in the first place. And we are not, he is not being enlarged in our own sight. We're not seeing his power and magnificence in our own lives because we're not connecting the dots between what he's doing and what we're seeing happen. And so we have got to take our request to him so that he can be glorified, magnified, just absolutely lifted up, through the great work that he's doing in our lives and all around us. The other reason that that's so important is so often we don't share. We don't talk to other people about our needs. We're so so prideful, honestly, that we don't bring other people in and let them know where we're struggling. The body of Christ is designed to come around one another and to encourage and equip one another and to pray with one another. And when we do, when we actually engage with others, asking them to pray for us, telling us or telling them where we're struggling. And then as God is growing us, he is getting glorified, not just in our lives, but in everyone else who's prayed for us and sees what God is doing. It is a mighty, mighty thing. So those are the three things that I really wanted us to focus on before we dive into some really practical applications for prayer is just that prayer is an option for all believers and we need to stand in awe of that. Beyond that, prayer allows us to know God better as we see who he is, we interact with him, engage with him and prayer allows God to be glorified as we, as we take our request to him and then give him the praise that he's due for working on our behalf. But I wonder if our view of prayer is too limited. Are we so, so chained to our prayer list, to our, you know, little, little small requests that we make? Now, I, before I go on, I want to tell you that when our kids were younger, we had little notebooks that we would write down prayer requests in. And we had like one of those, um, know, really skinny, probably two inches by three or four inches, really skinny little ones. And we'd write a prayer request on each page. And then when God answers, we'd fold it up. It was a great object lesson as you saw that notebook expand when those pages were folded up and our kids could see very visually what God was doing. So I'm not trying to downplay praying for very specific limited requests like um you know, whatever, uh, someone who is sick or someone who is traveling or whatever. Those are very valid things to pray about. And so I don't want to down downplay those. Um, but I don't want us to stay there. I don't want us to only think of prayer as that checklist, that request list that we have. Rather, I want us to um, to enlarge our vision, to see how praying scripture can actually give us great insight into how we should live and how we should pray uh, parent our children. Um, and so I want to look for the rest of our time at just a few um, passages that I have prayed for my kids. Now, From the time that they were very, very young, I started praying a very specific set of scriptures for them regularly. Um, And I actually, this is available on our website along with a, I think it's a 35-day prayer series where we'll walk through all the things that I'm going to talk to you about today. Go to uh, the show notes at the end of this and um, be sure to click on that. And you can get to that prayer, um, I'm sorry, that prayer, uh, praying for my children, printable as well as the email series. Um, and it's a it's a great resource that honestly thousands have walked through and I'm so grateful. But I had been praying this way, uh, very specific scriptures for my children for many, many years. Then in 20, I believe it was 18, I wrote the Teach Them Diligently parenting book. And as I was writing that parenting book, I wrote a chapter on the parenting manual that God's word gives us. And it was at that moment that I realized that all of these things that I had been praying through the years had actually really impacted the way that I was parenting them, the way that I was engaging with them, the way that I was living, the way that I was um, modeling for them, what a believer looks like. And so I realized, I started seeing all of these ways that God had answered prayers, not just in the way that they were turning out, which I was so very grateful for, but also by giving us ideas and, and by um, really speaking through us to them through the years as the Holy Spirit was just answering those prayers and working through us. So We're going to look at a few of these and practically how praying this prayer impacted the way that we parent. Um, Again, I only have time to go through probably three, four of these today, but there's The prayer list has probably 40, 45, 50 on it. And then that's not even definitive. That's just a starter set for you. Um, And then we go through 35 in that prayer series. So be sure you go to the show notes for this on the website at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast. Click on this episode and you can get all of these links to make it super easy for you. But the first thing that I started praying when they were very, very young was that they would know God's word. I wanted them to be familiar with God's word. Second Timothy 3.15 says, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Now, how how does that uh, manifest itself in the way that I parented? Well, obviously, if I was praying that they would know scripture, I was infusing scripture into everything. We talked about scripture all throughout our day. I started when they were very, very young, um, when they would all come down to breakfast, I would tell them what God taught me in my devotions that morning. Every single morning of their lives, I would share with them what God had taught me that morning in my devotions. And we would talk about it a little bit. And, you know, when they were very, very little, it was a very, very little piece of what God had shown me, but I wanted them to hear what God was teaching me. And then through the years that turned into them wanting to do their devotions and them wanting to learn more and go in more, more deeply to God's word. Our discussions just kept expanding until now I have these young adults and we talk about what we're learning all the time. It's unbelievable. But here's what I didn't realize until I looked back in my rearview mirror. Because I was praying that they would know scripture, that they would love it, that they would be in it. And I was very, very intentionally modeling for them getting in God's word and talking about it. My kids grew up thinking that everyone had their devotions every morning because David and I were the only two Christians they lived with, and we did that and we talked about it. So they grew up thinking that that was normal. They started that habit when they were very, very young. And so it's been something that, though not perfect, none of us are perfect, it's still a deeply entrenched habit in their lives that they really don't like to miss. They feel as, um, as lost as I do when they miss, like something is terribly missing. And and they learn to think biblically because we were using scripture in all of our counseling with them, in all of the discipline, in all of the conversations, whether it be through science or history or math or whatever, we were infusing scripture into all of that all of those ideas all of that direction was a direct answer to my prayer when they were very little and throughout their lives that they would know scripture God used that prayer and changed the way that we parented. He directed us. This is a really big deal in the heart school method of education that we talk about so much. And actually, I have a book coming out very, very soon, like in the next couple of weeks. I can't wait for you to read it because I really think it'll be super helpful. But in a heart school home where you're truly focused on relationships and bringing your children to Jesus is paramount, you're going to find That infusing scripture all the time is a very big part of that. And it's a very natural part of that. You're teaching them diligently as you walk, as you talk, as you do laundry, as you do all of these things, naturally doing life together. And that's what God did through the years as I had prayed for um, direction on knowing or teaching them God's word. And God gave us all of these amazing, amazing um, ideas and strategies through the years that um, honestly, we are just not smart enough on our own to have come up with. God himself, I know through the the prompting of the Holy Spirit, gave us those ideas, and we're so grateful. Another one that we prayed all the time was that they would hate sin. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 9710, O oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. Now, this is a really hard one because... Um, we live in an incredibly politically correct world where nobody wants to call sin sin anyway and so if i am praying that they hate sin i need to to help them understand why sin is bad what sin is what does god's word say that is that is absolutely true there's no moral relativism here there is truth there is right there is wrong and so for me to to pray that they hate sin we've got to have those lines really really clear especially when they're young and then you're having more discussions um which is you know normal as you're as they're getting older um but they have got to learn to hate sin now there's a couple of things about this number 1 is If we don't teach them to hate sin, then the wages of it aren't going to matter a lot to them. It's not going to have the same impact because they're not going to see how impactful sin is on lives. Now, I'll tell you, it doesn't take long in today's world for your children to be impacted by sin in some way. I was deeply saddened as my kids were way younger than I would have would have hoped and their friends started absolutely being impacted either by poor choices and so sin in their own life was was stealing joy was stealing opportunities was breaking up families was doing all kinds of stuff and my kids started to see this and that hate for sin really started taking root but We also, while we're teaching them to hate sin, we have got to bring them to the cross and help them understand that Jesus loves sinners just like them. And We get the opportunity to show them what grace looks like and to help them understand the gospel, how Jesus, who was perfect, who was creator, who was God incarnate, came to earth to be with man and to show us how to live. And not only did he live perfectly, but he became that perfect sacrifice to pay the ransom for all of our sins so that we could be clean, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be with him in heaven one day. It is a great story, but how can we help our children understand the power of the gospel if we're never teaching them the wages and and the horrible effects of sin on their lives and others. The practical side of this is I cannot teach my children to hate sin and harbor it in my own life. I can't excuse things. I cannot walk as a hypocrite in front of them or I am being really hurtful to to that relationship. I am being a stumbling block to them ever coming to Jesus. This is a real problem when we as parents are telling them to hate sin, we're telling them what's right and what's wrong. And yet we are clearly not walking in that way. And so as parents, we have got to make sure that we are keeping short accounts with God, um, confessing our sins regularly, getting rid of those, repenting, turning away from them, walking in holiness and modeling that for our kids. But when we do sin, especially when it's a sin that is is in an area where our children see, that provides a wonderful discipleship opportunity too, because we are able then to go to them, confess our sins to God, and then to actually make it right with them as well. Tell them that God convicted us, help them to see how we're growing, despite the fact that we just sinned, to let them know that God hates sin and that God convicted us of, of that. And it is a great, great discipleship opportunity. Um, the next one that I uh, have prayed for that I wanted to hit is is also another kind of in, invasive one here, and that is speech. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 13, 3. We teach our kids about speech a lot when they're young. Um, be kind. Uh you know speak kind words be nice all of these things we are telling them about their speech don't use that word we don't say that whatever it is we are we are guarding their speech we are naturally naturally safeguarding and watching their speech and and i think that we need to be very very careful with that in this world today um, children speak so ugly and so harshly. And we can't buy into that. The Bible talks a lot about our tongues and about what we see, you know, what's in the heart comes out the mouth. And we have got to to make sure that we are getting to the root and we're not letting these speech issues run rampant. But also, mom and dad, we have got to guard our tongues as well. I remember one time when um, my oldest was still in high school and something had happened that impacted him. And I was really, really upset about it. Like super upset and kind of, I was upset in the kind of upset where you just mull on it and you just get more upset and uptight about it. So I was in the laundry room doing the laundry and he came down the hall and I just snapped. I have no idea what I said, but Whatever I said prompted him to say, well, that wasn't very kind, was it, mama? And he just walked away. He wasn't being snide. He wasn't being in your face. He was actually parroting to me what I've said to him a million times before. Hey, that wasn't very kind, was it? And as he did, as he said that, God convicted me so deeply because what I had said showed not a kindness, not a love, not a grace, but rather, a very, very um, <laughs> hard heart, a very, um, a very angry mama bear, and I had to make that right with the Lord, and then go down the hall and thank him for his sweet confrontation, um, and then tell him that God, God had convicted me. As I walked away from that, though, I was. Truly awestruck by how God had used what we had been teaching him all the all those years, and allowing him to then um, really impact my life in it, and that's a pretty amazing thing when you get to the stage of parenting where your children are actually able to encourage and edify and even exhort you um, with a with a a heart that is humble. Obviously, we're not wanting uh, Sister Bertha better than you to come up and you know call out mama all the time, but a humble heart. It's an amazing thing. And you see how God has worked through the years to bring them to that point, to use those conversations, to use the way that you had prayed to impact the way that you intentionally address them through the years. Um, And we're getting out of time. There are so many other very specific ways that we prayed. I remember praying that they would understand that their sins would be found out like from Numbers 32, 23. And there were so many times that we were able, when they were caught doing something, Uh, And often God would shine a light on stuff that we had no business knowing. I don't even know how we found it out, except God was answering that prayer. Be sure their sins will find them out. And it wasn't a gotcha moment. Those were times when we were able to tell our kids, God loves you too much to allow you to stay in your sin. God wants too much for you. He is answering our prayers. He is showing you and allowing us to bring you back into fellowship with him. and and it took the that discipline from something that was hard and difficult to something where God loves them too much to allow them to get away with that. And we were able to, again, bring that right back to the gospel. Jesus loves you. You matter to him. You are important to him, just like you are his child and and he will not let you go. And there are so many applications for that. And through the years, because we don't have perfect children any more than you do, we were able to use that over and over and over again. But God just answered. Um, you know, you can pray a, a ton of stuff that they walk worthy, that um, just so many different scriptures that you can pray. And so on that prayer guide that I've got on the website, again, go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast. It's right there. You can get the link. But, but as you are praying those scriptures specifically, I want you to start making note of how that is influencing the way that you you parent them and you interact with them, the way that you are living your life, because you're now engaging with God through his own words with other people in mind. But I also want to encourage you not to just pray scripture for your children um, and not to just pray the ones that are on my list. Um, to this day, every single day, I pray some passage for my children, and I usually, often, I don't usually, I guess, but I often will send it to them or tell them what passage I was praying for them. You know, Ephesians four. I was praying recently about their the futility of their mind. That's so rich. It's it's a purposeless. It's a it's a you know their their minds are darkened and twisted, and I there's so much media. There's so many distractions. There's so much coming at our kids today. I don't ever want them to walk like the Gentiles, like the unbelievers do in the futility of their mind. And I prayed that very recently for my kids. Um, And it actually opened some great conversations. So this isn't something just for young kids. It's not something that it's ever too late to start. Praying scripture for your children and allowing God to change you, remodel you, give you wisdom as you're going through that is a great strategy, no matter where you are in your parenting journey. So I encourage you to download the prayer guide, go through this email series with me over the next 30 days or so, and see how God works. Um, I would love to hear your stories. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast. Click on this episode and you'll be able to download um, and to join that prayer guide very, very easily. It's also, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, I think it's offered as a freebie to podcast subscribers anyway. Um, Which reminds me, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, I would so ask you to do that subscribe leave us a review if you enjoy these podcasts share them with other people we pray that god uses what we share here to encourage and equip families at every stage of their journey so help us spread the word on that leaving a review on apple Podcasts helps us expand our reach so much and again this is just some part of the way that god has called us to encourage and equip families and so join us in that by helping us spread the word Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help.